This is episode seven of The Kingdom is Here, and today we are talking about our king. Who is your leader? Who is your king? Who's the one that you would vote for if they were up for an election or were looking to gain your vote of confidence for their leadership in your life on the best way to guide you and to show you how to live and how to lead? What type of ruler is this king? Where's the throne that he sits on? And really, where does he dwell? There's kind of a lot packed into all of those things. So why don't we just dive in and let's see where this goes. This is Nathan Kirk, and I've got really good news. I'm going to talk about a passage from uh, the Bible in the Old Testament. I know sometimes we really don't like to go into the Old Testament, especially um, in our 21st century kind of perspective and view on life. The Old Testament is just so kind of brutal sometimes, and it gets kind of tough and real about how real God is and how uh, how the impact of our lives in this world and the things that we do they do um, impact and shape our lives. But it is not just this New Testament perspective that we look at. Understanding the Old Testament helps us to actually understand the New Testament in a much better way and therefore then how we live as believers and followers of Christ today. So with that, um, we, we do look to the Old Testament. I'm looking at 1 Samuel chapter 8. Now what's happening here, uh, not to get into too much of a um, sermon, obviously, because there's not time for that. I don't care how long podcasts are. Um, I'll just keep going on and on and on. So, uh, but getting into this in First Samuel 8, here's what's happening is that this is the time of God's people and his kingdom that he has on this earth. This would be the, the children of Israel, we would call them, but it was really God's kingdom on this planet. And they had just come out of this, uh, this time of the judges. They were just kind of wrapping that up, Samuel being the last of the judges, as it were. And they weren't satisfied with that ruling system of a person judging over their lives or helping to judge right from wrong. And so they made this comment to Samuel as he was getting old. Um, in 1 Samuel 8, 5, this is kind of where it picks up. We're going to go through the whole chapter here in essence. But they said to him, they said, look, Samuel, you're old. And that's not really much of a paraphrase. They just kind of put it out there. They said, look, you're old and your, your kids, your boys don't walk in the ways that you walk in. So we don't trust them to kind of pick up the mantle and show us which way to go. Here's what we want. We want a king. We want you to make us a king. I think it's really interesting that word that's used there, make. It, that word means to fashion or create or shape. Uh, make us a king. Uh, to judge us. Just like all the other nations have. This is a really sad thing that the children of Israel do, but it's a sad thing that we do in our lives when we settle for the standards of the rest of this world. 
if you are in the kingdom of God, you ought not to be settling for the kingdoms of this world because those kingdoms are a race to the bottom. Those In those kingdoms, let's see how much we can get away with. Let's see how much we can gain for ourselves while not having to pay out anybody else. Let's see how much we can create or how much um, we can establish and do and how much power we can hold and dominion we can have without taking into account the needs of others. Or um, let's have our way and might equals right. If we can just get enough people, not even a majority, just enough powerful people on our side, then we can... We can usher in our right way of living. Don't, child of God, do not settle to be like the nations of this world. Don't settle to be like everybody else. Don't compromise and say, well, because we live in this world, I can probably try to get away with a little more. What what was looked down upon maybe a generation or two generations ago is now uh, kind of out in the open. So I, I maybe don't have to go quite to those extremes, but I can kind of settle in other areas and kind of pick up some of those um, some of those things that I've inherited as guideposts for my life. I don't need to observe those anymore. There's danger in that way of thinking. Don't look around for the kings of this world to be a good example of what you think your life should be. Or also, don't look around to the kings of this world to see that's who God should be. Because we sometimes do that as well. So here's what happens. Let's keep going on the story. Samuel gets pretty upset about this and he goes to God. You know, that's probably a good example right there. If you get pretty riled up about something, something that's kind of threatening the way that you think things ought to be, Maybe instead of going on social media and blasting everybody that you're connected to or blasting certain groups of people that are on the other side of a phone or a computer, maybe you ought to go to God with it. That's probably a good place to start. Why not take it to the king in the first place? So God's response was this. He says, listen, Samuel, they haven't rejected you. Um, They've rejected me as their king. It was an insurrection. And they said, we don't want, by saying we don't want Samuel, what we're really saying is we don't want God's ways that he's established. We want a king like everybody else. We want to settle. So God goes on to tell Samuel, he says, that's fine. Look, if that's what they want, give them what they are asking for. But let them know exactly how that king will rule over them. So I'm going to read to you the words of Samuel. These are wise words. These are very old words. But he says this, This is how the kings of this world will rule over you. Now I'm going to give a quick timeout, not for a sponsor because we don't have any, but I'm going to give a quick timeout to say this. Sometimes we read the Bible, New Testament, Old Testament, whichever, Sometimes we read the Bible and we think because we're so advanced and sophisticated that these principles don't really apply to us anymore. I want to dispel that right now. That, that's, that is 
a bunch of garbage. I'm just going to tell you right now. You, we may have technology to help us, but your basic instincts and your base level of function and operation in your life is no different. Sure, we might have um, some forms of enlightenment through philosophy or things that we have been exposed to and have learned. Fine. I'm totally fine with that. I'm all for learning more and having exposure. And education can be a really great thing. And, and that does help us on our journey. Absolutely. 100%. But deep down, you're still struggling with the pitfalls of humanity. Don't think that we're so sophisticated that these things don't apply to us anymore. So here, just hear this. See if this resonates a little bit. For any of our doubters out there, see if this resonates a little. He says, Tell the people and warn them how this king is going to rule over you. So this is what Samuel says to the people. He says, this king that you want, let me just insert this, the systems of this world that you say that you want, okay, they will take your sons and appoint them to chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. Basically, they're going to take them and sacrifice them. They're going to take them as being a part of their army or their strength, their power, their advancement of their own cause and their own kingdom, and they're going to destroy them. They're going to be cannon fodder. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of 50, and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. That's, that's what... This is old school. This is Old Testament here. He's saying that's what they're going to do to your sons. I mean, does that sound like familiar at all? That's exactly what happens in our world. That's exactly what happens with our young men. You can take this however you want, whether they're taken by a governmental force or they're taken by the, the systems in our streets. They're taking our young men and putting them out there to die or to advance their own kingdom and their own causes. This goes beyond race or ethnicity or socioeconomic status. When you fall in with the systems of this world, young men, when you fall in with that, they are using you. They're using you. They're using you for their own cause. Yeah, they're going to make you... They may even put you in a position of leadership. They might even put you in a position where, where you come out and you, you look like you have some things going for you because you have some stature or status with them. Okay, great, fantastic, fine, whatever. But as soon as you are no longer a use to them, they will drop you. That's the systems of this world. Or let's keep going here. He'll take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. Now, on the surface, that might seem, well, that doesn't, you know, it's not maybe so bad. Well, yeah, think about that. Now, this is the Bible here. So many times people get really um, harsh and critical against the Bible. And they say, well, look at all the, the injustice that's done towards women. What, what Samuel here is doing, he's saying, look, outside of God's kingdom, outside of the kingdom of God, the systems of this world will lock your daughters in. And they will subjugate, them. they'll make them subjects, subjugate them to their own interests. He'll take the best of your fields and vineyards 
and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He's going to take your land. He's going to take your possessions. Basically, not just physically, but he's going to take the best from you. The systems of this world will take the best from you and they will give it to others. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and his servants. He will take your male servants and your female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and he'll put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you ultimately at the end of the day, you will be his slaves. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? That's pretty heavy. But what I want to focus on today is not necessarily the kings of this nation, let's say, or the kings of this world, let's say. But I want to talk about the throne of your heart. Who sits on the throne of your heart? And what are they doing to you? I think it's important for all of us, believers and non-believers alike, to answer that. A wise man once said to me, he said, I can tell what you're passionate about by what you pursue. I can tell who sits on the throne of your heart by the pursuits in your own life. We even have some that say they don't believe in God. Well, if you don't believe in God, you believe in something because you pursue it passionately. And those systems, I don't care which ones they are, those systems in this world, even as well-intentioned and altruistic as they may seem like they are, are ultimately and at the end of the day broken. They are corrupt. They are falling apart. Can they do some quote-unquote good? Sure, yes, absolutely. There's good that can be done out of them. Are they good things to maybe be a part of or to participate in? You know what? I think it's I think there's wisdom in being a part of or at least participating in some of these things just so that we have an awareness at the very least of what's going on or perhaps we can even affect change. Absolutely. But the end the end result here is not to be committed with your heart and soul and mind and strength to the systems of this world. The end result and therefore, then, what is the primary concern is to be committed to the only king whose system is not broken and is not corrupt. And that is King Jesus. There is no other king and no other system. Now, I'll say this. Maybe I'll extend an olive branch to some that are out there. Many, and this is very sad, but I, I have to acknowledge it. To be honest, many who represent his name do it very poorly. And I'm not sitting on this side of your screen or whatever it is that you're listening to this on. Like I'm not sitting over here saying, I do it so well, so you better just follow me. Don't follow me. Follow Jesus. Like Follow his ways. And don't just follow them on the surface level. Follow them all the way down to the core of your being. Who sits on the throne of your heart? Because there is a king just as God's people rejected him as king. See, they already had one. They already had a king. They had a king. They just didn't like his ways. They didn't like it, how he ruled. They didn't like it. 
There is a king. He's already there. He's knocking at your door. His word actually tells us, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone would hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. I'll come in. Like that's what he wants to do. He wants to come in and fix things in your life. And maybe it's time at the beginning of this year to start to examine some of that and say, okay, God, I need you to come in and fix some things in my life because I've been tied to too many broken systems that do not work. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. That is your king. King Jesus. That is your king. He's the one that wants to sit on the throne of your heart and not trade places with somebody else. Understanding that the throne of your heart is not like the medal ceremony at the Olympics. Gold, silver, and bronze. There is no silver medal. There is no bronze. There's no second place. There's no second king. There's no alternative. Just one. And if you're out there and you're struggling with this notion, can I tell you that you are surrounded? You may not know it, but there are people that are connected to you in your life that have followed him faithfully, that they can tell you, my king, he has never failed. My king, he has never lied to me. My king, he has never failed to deliver what he has promised to me. My king brings me peace and comfort. My king provides for me and takes care of me. My king has shown me a better way to live. My king, Jesus. There is no other way. There is no other name. There is no other king. He is the king of all kings. And at the mention of his name, one day it will happen that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Don't go through the rest of this life, this miserable, broken, corrupt world. Don't go through the rest of it with the wrong king sitting on the throne of your heart. Why don't you reclaim some of those things that you have lost and enter into the kingdom of God? That's the good news that I have to share with you today. I want to encourage each and every one of you, if you're listening to this, to follow up on that. Just do it. Let go of those other kingdoms. Let go of that stuff. You say goodbye to those other kings and fix your eyes, your heart, your life solely on King Jesus. All right. Thank you for joining in today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another one. I hope this 